Welcome to episode 11 of the Future Firm Accounting Podcast, the place where you can learn how to build and scale an online automated modern accounting firm. I'm your host, Ryan Lozanis, and today I'm joined by Will Farnell. Will is the founder of Farnell Clark Limited, a Platinum Zero partner in the UK who has won multiple awards for its approach to innovation in the accounting space. Will also recently co-founded App Advisory Plus, which is a first of its kind in the space. The platform is designed to help accounting firms find the right apps and get support when using them in order to help firms provide app advisory services. And that's what we're going to be focusing the conversation on today, app advisory services. What is it? Why it's important? How do you sell it? And those, those are just a few things that we'll be discussing today. But first, if you're interested in more content like this, hop on my weekly newsletter where I highlight the top five pieces of content you need to know to help keep your firm on the cutting edge. Visit www.futurefirm.co slash top five. And now, without further ado, welcome to the show, Will. Thanks, Ryan. Nice to be here. So nice to join you. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Um, so I want to d- dive right into it, not waste any time. Um, you know, you've run a very successful modern firm. We're going to talk a little bit about that later on in the show. But first, I want to talk about app advisory. What is sure. app advisory? I think if it's, it's like the whole advisory conversation, isn't it? If you ask 20 people what advisory means to them, you're going to get 20 different answers. And I'm sure that uh, uh, there's going to be close to 20 if you ask the same question around what, what app advisory is. Um, for, for me, uh, I, I think it's, it's we as accountants, I, I think if we're taking technology and we're making technology enable us to run better firms, more efficient firms, more profitable firms, then we kind of have an obligation to help our clients do the same in their business. So I think it's having great conversations with clients, understanding the challenges they have in their business and looking at whether technology is con- or a lack of technology is contributing to those problems. And if it is, then how do we use technology to solve those problems for those clients? And that, that kind of leads into to what, what app advisory is in, in my head anyway. And why are accountants involved in app advisory anyway? Is this something that accountants have always been doing? Is this something new? Why are accountants involved with this in the first place? So I think that if we if we go back, I mean, if we look at, at the journey that I've I've been on with with my firm, I mean, we moved we moved all of our clients to the cloud in two thousand and nine, uh, and we were we were uh, effectively running a, a model that uh, uh, was no different to the model we were running in two thousand and seven, other than we were using online technology. Um, and around about 2011, we started to come across tools like Receipt Bank and uh, uh, Go Cardless for direct debits in 2012. And it just made perfect sense to use these bits of technology alongside the, 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 the kind of the early cloud platforms. So I think the, the cloud accounting tools have, have uh, and Zero particularly have, have taken this concept of being a platform and in the same way that, that, that Apple did with, with the iPhone. The iPhone on its own was, was just a phone, um, but it was the, uh, the app store and the platform that Apple created that made the iPhone more than just a phone. Um, and the ecosystem that, that, that Zero really started to build um, has enabled um, 
us and, and, and other accounting firms to do really cool stuff uh, with technology. Um, so I think it they go hand in hand uh, and actually just using a piece of cloud accounting software in isolation is completely missing the point. Um, we have to look at, at, at what it enables us to do uh, using the add-on ecosystem. So it's a natural step. And the reason that accountants are best placed to do it is we understand accounting data flows. Um, so we understand what data we need to do our job. Um, we understand that better than, than an IT professional that might understand the, 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 the technology, but they don't understand the data flows. And that's why we're really well placed as, a, as advisors. And if we go back to, to kind of the early uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, kind of pre, pre-Enron, um, the, the big accountancy firms were making huge consultancy income out of IT implementation. So it kind of goes to show that, that we have a versatile skill set as accountants um, and we understand process, we understand the importance of the data. Um, so it just kind of fits so naturally for us to get involved in, in working with apps when everything centers around the finance system in a business. Got it. And is it all about automation? Is that really what AppAdvisor is? Is it just like, here's the right apps to, here's the output that we want and here's the easiest way to get there and here's the tools that you need? Is that is that really the gist of it or is there something more to it? <clears throat> Uh, everything starts with with the outcome. So, what is it that that a, a business is trying to achieve? Um, we're in a world where client expectations are shifting. Clients want something different, and and customers want something different. So, it's more. It goes beyond the accounting relationship. It's we live in a we live in a digital world. Everything we do is is delivered through through technology. Um, the whole thing about about disruption is that the the key to to disruption is removing friction from processes. So if we're a uh, if we're a user of of a, of a product or a service or a, uh, a supply arrangement or whatever, we want the least friction in that process as possible, um, and that's got to be the goal and the objective of of, of every business. How do we remove friction from the way that we engage with our customers and um, so that's where technology plays its part because technology helps us remove those frictions and deliver better experiences for for clients and customers um, whether uh, whether you're in banking whether you're in retail whether you're in manufacturing how can we make the life of our client easier so to do that we have to look at what the ideal outcome is and then work back for our processes and say well where, where are the challenges where are the uh, where are the problems where do we have touch points with clients that are not adding value where do we have touch points that that are duplicating our effort and these are the things that that we want to be understanding those processes and identifying the right technology uh, to kind of uh, improve that experience so ultimately it's it's all about how to create better experiences for for users and for customers um and and that's really where i think the conversation has to start yeah i I think you're really spot on there and i think a lot of leaders in the space get the concept of a a good customer experience and when you talk about removing points of friction uh, i think you just really nailed it there um, I, I want to jump into App Advisory Plus. So this is a new company that you started, uh, that you co-founded. And yeah. what is App Advisory Plus, and why did you start this? Okay, 
there's there's three elements to what we're doing with App Advisory Plus, or three components to the offer. So fundamentally, the offer is about how can we help uh, accounting firms and bookkeeping firms cut through the noise. Um, uh, Zero have got 800 plus apps on on their marketplace. Intuit have got in excess of 300. Um, and these are just the ones that have gone through a process of uh, of, of review and uh, and everything else. There's a whole bunch more that that will do stuff, but perhaps haven't gone through that formal process. So it's a minefield. Um, so what we've done with App Advisory Plus is we've said, well, well, first of all, let's build an, an independent directory. Um, you can find information on Zero Marketplace and QBOapps.com and everything else. Um, but we wanted to surface a lot more information, particularly around the integration, because the, the problem is just because an app is listed on those marketplaces doesn't mean it's great. Um, and it doesn't mean that the integration is, is incredibly detailed. Um, so we wanted to try and find a way to provide an independent vendor agnostic directory. Um, I'm a big advocate of, of uh, adopting one one platform, but I, I'm realistic enough to know that that 95% of accounting and bookkeeping firms are, are not going to hang their hat on one peg and say we're a we're a zero firm or we're a QBO firm or a Sage firm, whatever it might be. Um, so if we accept 95% of firms are, are, are using multiple accounting platforms um, then let's make it easy for them to find the apps that integrate with the platforms they're using so the directory is the first part of it um, we're going to independently uh, review uh, users can leave reviews on on the apps um, and we're building a, a, a kind of fairly detailed directory there with with uh, the apps in the eco space the second uh, element uh, combines an online community and an online knowledge base. So the idea here is that uh, uh, whilst there's great Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and everything else out there, we want to build something that is easily searchable um, uh, and we want thousands of members on the platform um, engaging with each other, sharing knowledge, sharing information, but all of that information can be captured and, and made searchable. Um, and then there's a, a knowledge base. And the idea here is that uh, lots of, of apps have um, really great information resources, but it's not always easy to find the information you need. Um, and we just want to standardize the way that you can find the information that you need on, need on apps uh, through a single knowledge base. And then the third element um, is a first line help desk. Um, so we want to to be able to offer the service to firms where we can go and do the research for them. Uh, so if they've done a, uh, what there's, there's a whole bunch of education needed here as well, because what we've found already is with our, uh, we set up and, and uh, onboarded a bunch of founder members. And some of the questions we're getting from founder members on the help desk are, are generally, hey, we've got this client and they're, uh, they're a retail business and they need a, 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 an EPOS system or whatever. The challenge with that is that um, it, I think it's a trap that many accountants are falling into or are going to fall into once they start this, this kind of app journey in that they've got a client, they, they know what they do, um, and they think that an app's going to help them. Uh, so that's where the conversations are. I've got this client, this is what we're looking for, without actually going back and, and understanding 
why do you want the app? What are you trying to achieve with it? What's the objective? What's the process you have at the moment? Um, what's good about the process you've got? What are the bits that you don't want to lose? So a lot of the stuff we're doing on the help desk right now is actually saying to people, well, actually, have you asked these questions of, of your, your client? And they say, well, well, no, we just thought we needed an EPOS app. Um, <clears throat> so what we're doing is we're trying to help people understand how to turn app advisory into a, uh, into a service line that they can generate revenue from. Um, so in that situation, it may be that they need to go back to the client, they need to do a fact find, they need to do some process mapping or whatever it might be. But once they've been through that process, they can come to us and say, right, this is what the client's looking for. Uh, these are the these are the things that it must have. These are the things that it'd be nice to have. And we can then go away and do that research um, for the accounting firm as part of their, uh, their subscription to our, our help desk uh, service. So that's ultimately... So is this like... Sorry, Owen. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, so that's that's essentially the three core elements of uh, of the platform as it as it sits at the moment. Um, we've we've launched in in the UK. Uh, we're going to look at kind of focused launches in 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 other locations um, because whilst your your kind of headline apps of the seat banks and the practice ignitions of this world um, work in multiple geographical locations. Um, Every every country has a bunch of apps that are unique to the characteristics of of the tax systems or or whatever exists in in individual countries. So it's really important that we kind of cover that piece off as well, and we're not just uh, kind of looking at those those top level apps that that provide global reach. So I, I did see a clip of you uh, in 2018. You're defining what a digital firm is, and that it has it's not only that a digital firm is doesn't just have to do with the tech that you have, but also ensuring that the people that you have on board can actually use that that technology. You then said that yes. like it's it's no good having great tech if you don't have the staff that don't know how to use it. So if you if you have staff that don't know how to use it, so are you yeah. seeing like this as the basis for App Advisory Plus? Like, you, are you seeing this as app training and and the research as a big problem among accounting firms at the moment? Is this really why App Advisory Plus started? Yeah, it, I mean, there was a, a a very specific situation that we had in our firm that led me to to think that there was an opportunity to to help firms here. So we've we've kind of used this this tech for coming on for a decade. Um, uh, we we kind of think that we have a reasonable handle on this, but we still take on new clients and come up with new challenges. And and about um, uh, eighteen months, maybe even two years ago now, we were. Uh, we were doing an implementation for a client. It was zero. It was Workflow Max, uh, and Receipt Bank was was kind of the core element of the of the stack that we were putting in. But the client needed purchase order processing as well, um, and purchase order approvals. So we went out and we uh, we did a bit of research, uh, and we came across Approval Max. Uh, so we said, okay, we'll put Approval Max into the mix as well, because um, that will cover off the, the the piece that was missing from from that that tech stack. Um, and that was that was fine, but then we started to get into. Well, hang on a second. We've got we've got Workflow Max in here because the client needs to be able to uh, to to kind of look at a job profitability. Um, but we've got this approval process that we've got to build in as well. So does Workflow Max integrate with Approval Max? Um, what's the workflow in terms of how we take um, uh, a, a receipt coming in? 
through receipt bank to link to approval max and we must have spent about five or six hours um trying to get to the bottom of of these these questions um and we we were quite lucky because we have a, a fairly kind of healthy uh, uh contact book so there were lots of people that i could pick the phone up to and say hey look we're looking at doing this um how does it work what's what's the workflow between receipt bank and, and approval max um, and we spent about five or six hours. We didn't charge the client for it, um, which again is kind of a common problem. Um, mm. But we managed to get we managed to get to the point where we we got the answers. But it took us that period of time, and and we have the advantage of being able to pick the phone up to a bunch of people that lots of firms might not be able to. Um, so I thought, well, hang on a second. Why why is nobody not doing this? Because I'm sure you've you've had it before. You you're looking at an integration and you. Uh, you have a problem with it, so you log a support ticket with with zero, for example, and zero say, well, actually, it's the API. It's not really within our control. You need to go back to the app. So you go to the app, and and they say, well, actually, our API is fine. It's probably a problem with zero's API, and like you're stuck in the middle, and nobody wants to take responsibility for kind of answering that question. Um, and I just thought, why is nobody sitting in the middle here and saying, well, you know what, we've got we've got some really good contacts. We can we can pick up the phone to the the chief product officer or the the head of partner channel and and kind of make stuff happen. Um, and that's really where it came from. So on the back of of that particular situation, I said, uh, I spoke to a couple of, of of friends of mine and said, Look, I've got this idea. I think there's an opportunity here for us to to kind of do this bit in the middle and and do a bit of research for firms and and almost uh, deliver a supplier relationship management service. Um, so every app that we list on on the platform, we ask for a product contact, a marketing contact, and a partner channel contact. Um, and it's kind of one of the requirements. We're not going to list you on the platform if you don't give us access to those people. Um, so that we can perhaps try and circumnavigate some of the support channels. We had a we had a, a, a situation um, shortly after we launched where a, a user um, was using one of the reporting tools um, and they logged a support ticket uh, and got an answer. And the answer led them to believe they couldn't do what they wanted to do with that product. Um, so they put a question in, in our community and said, we're using this product. Um, we believe it can't do this. Can somebody tell us a product that, that can do what it is we want to do? We went back to the app and said, look, we've got this got this question. Can you can you have a look at it? And the app came back and said, yes, you can do that. And this is how you do it. So either what happened is the, 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 the accounting firm asked the wrong question um, or they asked the right question and got the wrong answer. Um, whichever way around we look at it, there was a problem there in terms of articulation or or something that potentially would have led to that app losing that partner um, and that partner having to kind of almost undo the work they've done with that app to start it with a new app. And we were able to kind of bridge that and get the answer. So the app kept the client and the client was able to continue to work with the app that they've selected in the first place. And that's just, I think, a really good example of the fact that that you've got to ask the right question to get the right answer. And, and sometimes that takes a bit of probing, um, which hopefully we can we can do within within the platform. Um, so it's a very long answer to your question about where, where did it come from? But I think the education is, yeah. is really key and it is about people and um, it, it is to, to many, it's a it's it's an alien skill set. Um, so how can mm-hmm. we help firms 
build that confidence because there's there's a number of ways that firms can can roll out app advisory starting with well we we just kind of want to uh, uh to be a bit of a support for clients and we want to be able to help them choose the right apps and the key there is being able to choose the right app without fear of picking the wrong one um and that just needs people to kind of have a bit of uh, a bit of support and a bit of reassurance that they're making the right decisions and then we can go through to, to firms actually getting involved in in implementation and, and doing some of that implementation stuff themselves um that's where the bigger revenue opportunity is but it's also where you need much more confidence in in what you're doing and understanding of the apps and and perhaps deciding on the apps that you feel comfortable doing implementation for and those apps that you still want to refer out to a uh, to a specialist implementer but it's having the confidence to have those conversations with clients i think is the start point got it so that makes a lot of sense, and I want to rewind on something you 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 mentioned, which is a problem that I experienced personally, and I think a lot of firms, a lot of cloud accounting firms, a lot of firms dealing with cloud accounting products face as well. Is you said, client asks you about an integration, you spent five six hours researching the integration, testing the informa- uh, the integration, but didn't charge for it. <clears throat> And I think there's a reason why a lot of firms don't charge for it is because they don't know how to yes. charge for it. So like. There's a lot of firms out there that might be providing these app advisory services informally. Yep. How do you formalize this kind of service? Like when I say informally, I mean they're giving it away for free. They're they're they have, you know, value that they're providing that they're giving away for free. How do you formalize this kind of service offering? This this is no different to any form of, of advisory work. And and the, the the there's all this talk about how accountants have got to stop stop doing compliance and start doing advisory. We've done advisory forever. It's it's stuff that we've always done. That you you've you've hit the nail on the head. The issue is that we do it and we just don't charge for it. And a lot of that is down to lack of clarity around scope. It's blurring of the edges, um, and firms not being clear in terms of what's in and what's out of of fixed fees. Because I think I'm a big advocate of of not time recording and and uh, uh, and and doing fixed price billing and, and all of this kind of stuff. But it's the firms that are following that route that probably are the worst at not charging for advisory because they don't have the systems and processes in place to make sure that that extra work gets picked up and, and a conversation's had. If you're recording every every six minutes of your, your day and you do a bit of advisory work, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb on the timesheet. Um, so it's actually easier for those firms to perhaps... Um, ensure that they charge for advisory. So what we've got to do if we're uh, if we're adopting what I think is the right way to charge clients in terms of giving them consistency, giving them transparency, giving them certainty, we've got to be really clear on what the scope is. So within that fixed fee, what's the scope of what we're, we're doing, which is why tools like Practice Commission and Go Proposal are really good at helping us make sure that, that we have clarity around scope. But then it comes back to the people that we talked about earlier in terms of making sure that our teams know what's in that scope and what's out of that scope. Because it's fine me saying as, as a firm owner with a, with a team of 50 people that I've done the proposal, I, I know what's in scope. But if there isn't a way for that to be communicated to the 10 people in the team that are going to be working on that client, they don't know when to stick their hand up and say, hey, well, we're doing some extra work here. How do we go about making sure we charge the client for it? 
So I think the start point is how do we make sure that we track what's in and what's out of scope? Um, I think it's also um, because it's so new that, that firms haven't yet kind of got their head around, well, is this part of moving people onto cloud accounting? So we're moving somebody to to zero or QuickBooks. So we're going to do receipt bank auto entry or whatever it might be. Um, we're going to do some payment stuff. But where where does that start and where does it stop? What what's the bit that you're you're happy to do as part of there's value in terms of getting this client onto cloud accounting? And where does it become actually we're adding massive value to the client because we're going to streamline and automate the way they manage their finance function. Um, and how do we begin to think about what we're doing there and how we charge for it? Um, so a lot of it, I think, is is just um, comes back to the education bit around apps and having a process that you that you follow um, because you can't do app advisory if you haven't done a fact find and you haven't uh, looked at the opportunity for process mapping. So you understand what the processes are those clients are following and where technology is going to, to make a difference because it's no good adopting technology for the sake of adopting technology. If it doesn't enhance client experience, then why are we doing it? Um, so we've got to drill down into, uh, again, the objectives. And once you start getting into those kind of conversations where you're you're beginning to do things like mapping processes, and that's got to be a chargeable service that we're, that we're delivering to clients. So I think unraveling that, the key, first of all, is just cloud here and scope and understanding when you step outside of fixed fee scope work. Yeah. So... So that's very interesting. And, you know, if a client comes to you and say, I want to implement this app, I think the question has to be, you know, why do you want to implement that app? What's the result? But I yeah. think, you know, you mentioned something about process mapping and, you know, fact finding. Like, would you advocate, like, what sort of documentation, what sort of reports do you put in place here? Are there any tools that you use to, like, kind of package that up? Like, I'd be curious, like, when you do process mapping, is there, any specific tool that you recommend for that? Are you doing like? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, it uh, it, it kind of uh, varies on the the the, the project that we're uh, uh, that we're that we're working on, um, what we're doing with uh, uh, with with firms um, as part of that that exercise. Um, uh, but really, it's kind of understanding and 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 literally drawing out what's what's the process they're going through, what's the what's the end game, and almost starting with a blank sheet of paper and saying, ignore everything you've got at the moment. If you were designing a new process and this is what your deliverable is, what are the steps that you're going to go through to uh, uh, to kind of make that work effectively? Um, uh, and and that starts the conversation. I think the fact find stuff we need to be doing much earlier when we take on uh, uh, when we take on new clients we should be uh, uh, looking at um, uh, what they're what they're doing and uh, what systems and things they're using particularly if we're going to be serious about uh, about delivering app advisory as part of of what we do as a uh, as a business um so uh, i know uh, the the guys uh, that I, I work with in app advisory plus um use a product called score um, mm -hmm. S-K-O-R-E, score app, um, which is a, a great process mapping tool um, that, that certainly they'll, they'll use when we, when we go in and do uh, 
a, a piece of paper mapping around onboarding with an accounting firm or something. We did a we did a, a project with a firm yesterday uh, mm-hmm. that was looking at their onboarding process and and how we can deploy different bits of technology to to streamline that process. Um, so it's it's really just understanding uh, what businesses are doing now what technology they're using what they like about the technology they're using what they don't like um areas where they're spending in disproportionate amount of time on on admin what are the opportunities to to use technology to streamline some of that and and i think if firms get smarter with with onboarding and and we learned huge amounts from from tech businesses uh, as we were growing our firm and very early on recognised the importance of really effective onboarding. Um, we have a dedicated team that just does onboarding. Um, if firms are going to adopt that kind of approach to, to ultimately deliver better client experiences, we can use that onboarding process to, to start to, to understand uh, business owners' objectives as well as uh, kind of opportunities to, to, to help them run better businesses through technology. Um, and I think that just has to become second nature uh, in terms of the way that we we take on new clients. Does App Advisory is it is it once off projects? Can it be bundled into a subscription? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I think it depends how serious people want to be about about App Advisory. Um, uh, I mean, we we kind of almost see that there's there's three levels that that firms can operate within uh, within app advisory generally. So we talk about it as app researcher, app integrator, and app manager. So at the the kind of the start point is the app researcher, and and what we're doing here is really just having conversations with our clients as part of the the, the day-to-day work that we do and and like like any advisory advisory comes out of having really great relationships with with your clients so how many touch points do you have with clients if you're still running a traditional accounting firm and and you're having a conversation with your client once a quarter when you do in the uk a vat return um uh, or once a year when you do the annual accounts they're never going to be an advisory client you're never going to be doing more for them than compliance unless it's on a really reactive basis so the whole challenge of of moving beyond just doing traditional compliance work is we've got to have better relationships with clients and i think 25 years ago accountants had great relationships with their clients but uh compliance just got in the way and made made those relationships secondary to kind of keeping your client out of jail by making sure that you're doing the compliance right but technology is giving us that time back to rebuild those those relationships with clients and once we have regular conversations with them um, we become front of mind for them all the time um so App advisory is no different. We've got to have conversations with our clients, understanding their pain points. And the idea with uh, with taking an app researcher approach is that we're understanding their challenges. And when we identify challenges that technology might be able to help, we can go away and we can do that research. Um, so we can almost do the assessment, define and the evaluate of the kind of tools that that might might work for them. The next level we touched on earlier is this idea about firms actually doing integration. 
Um, so the shift here is that we we need to start to build skills around data data migration and uh, and implementation and change management because that all comes with with changing technology. And the third level, which comes back to answering your your question, is is where you become uh, app managers. So at this point, you're you're perhaps being the first line support for the client for the apps that you're implementing for them. You're going to be training users on on the apps. You're going to be um, making sure that the client knows about new features as they're added. So it's a <clears throat> it's a much more ongoing relationship. Um, but that will take dedicated resource. You you will need a dedicated um, uh, tech team effectively to, to deliver that level of services for, for clients. Um, but the further along those three options you go, the greater the revenue opportunity. Because if you're just doing a bit of research, the likelihood is you're gonna come across a couple of apps and you're gonna pass it on to, to somebody else to go and do that implementation. Um, uh, as soon as you step in and start doing the implementation, the revenue opportunity goes up. Got it. I, I guess coming back to my question about once-off pricing, like as a once-off project or on a subscription model, I could picture the once-off pricing. Yeah. You know, someone comes to you and they want, they say, you know what, or if you identify that there's a certain process that's just not smooth enough and maybe you need to replace their CRM or whatever yeah. it might be. You know, you engage. You then engage in that fact finding and process mapping, and you can issue a report and some recommendations about the type of apps that you would recommend and how it would work, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But I'm, I'm, I really like subscription models, and I think a lot of listeners do as well. Yep. And I'm curious to hear how you think, or if you have certain examples of how scoping would work. Uh, for app advisory services in a subscription model? What are some things that would be included? What are some things that would not be included? I know it's a very general question, but I'm curious yeah. if you have any thoughts it's, it's, there. It's a tricky one. I mean, scoping is is something that, that you, you're not going to do all the time. Um, but certainly when we move into support, and it's I, I can only kind of go back to when, when we, we first started using using kind of online technology, we, we became the support desk for our clients. We wanted them to come to us and not not to the to the general ledger providers because we wanted to kind of own that relationship. Um, and I guess that's the opportunity, depending on the type of technology that you're running and how do we build uh, into our fixed fee pricing support for apps. Um, and and we, yeah. we do that to, to a point. So if we're running uh, Workflow Max for somebody, then then we, we will have a monthly fee in there that covers the software license, but maybe some support time on that as well. Um, and it's really no different to what we're doing with App Advisory Plus as a subscription model and saying, look, you pay X amount per month and you can have access to our help desk. Um, that's the kind of way that we can we can do that. So is we're probably not there yet, but as more and more apps come to market, it may be that we get to a point where um, we we could almost be providing app advisory support services to our accountancy kind of clients and saying, look, we're, we're providing you with five apps here. Um, included in your proposal is 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 a, a, a an unlimited access to our to our help desk to support you with your your app queries or, or whatever it might be. I think it's it's really difficult because it is to a large degree. It's somebody gets an app, 
um, and once it's implemented and working, it is just kind of that that light touch support that they may go three months without needing anything, then all of a sudden they need something. Um, so it's no different to, to kind of bundling. Look, you can, as an accounting firm, we say to our clients, you can call us whenever you want, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of give you a steer and um, uh, answer questions if we can off off the off the cuff. If we want to do something yeah. a bit more detailed and we've got to go away and do some research, then we're going to set up a separate uh, job sheet for that and we'll we'll send you a proposal and say, yeah, we can help you with that cash flow forecast or business plan or strategy session, whatever it might be, and this is going to be the cost. And I think the way that if we want to turn app advisory into into a subscription service, that's kind of the way you do it in terms of, look, we want you to come to us when you have a problem. Um, and either we can solve that for you, we can point you to somebody that can solve it for you, um, uh, or we can do it as a bit of work and, and here's the fee for what we're going to deliver for you. Um, it's really early days, Ryan. Um, I think that the thinking yeah, around yeah. this is is naturally going to evolve. Um, bear in mind that um, I, was, uh, I was with Receipt Bank yesterday um, and I talk about a lot about what I think are the adoption levels in the UK market. And I've I've talked about 20% um, in terms of 20% of the UK accountancy market um, have have adopted are either there or on their journey to, to, to utilising cloud accounting effectively. Um, my conversations with the seat bank yesterday suggest that from, from their exposure to firms, they're only hitting about 10% um, uh, of accounting firms in, in the UK market. Um, now, I know there's other providers, but it at the very least reinforces my thinking that we're at 20% adoption in the UK. Um, uh, I'm led to believe it's 50% yeah. or thereabouts in Australia. So if we take the UK market at 20%, we've got a long way to go. Um, and yeah. and these, are, these are firms that in that 20% that are, are perhaps using zero or QuickBooks, but they're they're not using anything wider than receipt processing and, and payments, probably as far as the, the app ecosystem goes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's just going to, it's going to balloon. Um, uh, but it's, it, yeah. it's, it's rolling, um, but it's got a lot more rolling to do. Yeah. Yeah. We're about at 90% in, in Canada <clears throat> in terms of firms, not on a cloud-based yeah general ledger. Yeah. So <clears throat> still a long way to go. Lots of opportunity. You said it's early days. I think, you know, um, there's been a lot of firms over the past decade who've been advising on app advisory, but have not been, there hasn't been a formal offering around yeah. it. So I think it's interesting what you're doing is because I think this makes a push to help formalize that. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because, you know, to talk about how do you formalize an app advisory offering how do you price it? How do you package it? I think it's interesting how you mentioned app support. You know, a lot of firms are providing app support, but they're not charging for it. They're not demonstrating that that's actually something they're doing that's providing value. It's not even discussed. It's kind yes. of just happening yeah. in the background. So I think there's, I think for me, there's even a differentiation between app support, which is kind of yeah. reactive and app advisory, which is kind of like looking yes. forward a little bit. Um, so I think support is a little bit easier to bundle into your plan and to kind of have a line item on your, on your proposal for app yeah. support, but app advisory is still something that 
that's going to be a little bit trickier to scope. And I think you're going to have to be very, very creative on how you scope that because um, it, it can get out of hand, I think, if you don't do that properly. Yes. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if you have any any last thoughts. Yeah, on that. I, th- I think I think you're exactly right. And it, it's the education piece has got to happen because we've got to be clear on on what the process for app advisory is um, to be able to create a proposition that we can talk to clients about so it comes back to um, how do you carry out a fact find how do you create the opportunity to 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 do a fact find with a client so it comes back to how often are you having conversations with your clients um and, and i know one of the things that i'm very keen to talk about and and i think i think you're you are too is uh, uh, how regular bookkeeping creates opportunities to to get into conversations with with clients about things beyond compliance and app advisory is 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 one of those elements so if we're if we're having regular touch points with a client because we're delivering bookkeeping for them on a really regular basis um we're seeing the data flows so we're seeing opportunities to think about uh we're doing something here that's very manual driven so let's have a conversation with a client to understand what they're doing, the bit that we don't see in terms of, of that bookkeeping relationship um, to get into a fact find. Because the fact find is the start point. If we don't if we don't ask people what they're doing and how they do stuff, we're never going to be in a position to proactively say, hey, you know what, there's a great bit of technology that we think is going to save you 10 hours a day. Uh, sorry, 10 hours a week. Um, yeah. 10 uh, hours a day would be nice. 10 hours would be brilliant, yeah. wouldn't it? Um, but where I was going on that particular example is 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 we love Deputy um, as, a, as a product. Um, okay. And uh, if, if you've got clients in retail and hospitality, um, one of the things that you probably won't really see in terms of daily bookkeeping is the effort that people are putting into to managing staff rotors. Um but having the conversation and and knowing that you're dealing with a client and uh, uh, they're, they're they're running a restaurant and they've got ten staff, having that conversation. How do you, how do you manage your rotors for your staff? What are you doing at the moment? We've we've seen our payroll team get a get a spreadsheet from you once a week with with hours on. Um, you know, there's probably a better way of doing that. So let's have a conversation about what you're doing at the moment and and what what the challenges are. Yeah, that then creates. Is- the opportunity for the mapping and, and, and everything else. And this is really true business advisory in every sense of the word, I yes. think. And we're t- I know that's something you're dying to talk about, Will. <laughs> we're going to talk about daily bookkeeping because, first off, I think we both see a ton of value in controlling the bookkeeping process. Yeah. But you're doing daily bookkeeping at your firm. Yes. I, I, I know like most firms are doing monthly. Some are doing weekly. But you're doing <clears throat> daily. So I want to know. We are why you're doing daily bookkeeping and how that's helped you okay um uh, so the first the first caveat on all of this is that that from a client perspective we position this as weekly um so from the client because what we don't want to do is say to a client hey we're going to do bookkeeping every day and they think oh crap you mean that means you're going to be calling me every single day of the week um we don't do that we uh we process transactions on a daily basis and we educate our clients to, to process their, their receipt bank transactions um, uh, as real time as they possibly can. Um, for, for us, the value in, in 
doing that stuff daily is that uh, um, we don't have to build a huge amount of workflow management around it because it's part of culture. So it's something that the team do. They come in in the morning. First thing they do when they get in is they clear their receipt bank transactions. They do their they do their zero bank rec and and then they move on to the day job. But we've worked really hard at making our structure support that approach. Our processes support daily bookkeeping, and we've got to the point where we're averaging four minutes per day per client um, for doing for doing daily bookkeeping, um, and that's pretty slick. And what that means is that from a from a cost point of view to our clients as well, four minutes a day is 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 not a big outlay for them financially. Um, uh, so we can deliver really cost effective bookkeeping services. We have we have a real advantage in in the UK um uh with modern apprenticeship schemes so we uh, we work in in pods of four people uh there's a client manager a, a senior and a couple of trainees um some of the trainees are apprentices um which means we get to 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 pay them um uh, at a level that reflects we're investing heavily in their training let's put it that way so uh they're not big salaries um so we can. I often get asked about do do we do we offshore do we outsource, um, but when we've got we've got kind of guys that are doing uh, that are trainees um, that are not being paid huge sums of money, um, but are able to to kind of process these transactions and deal with that stuff in four minutes a day. Um, there's there's no appeal for us to need to to push work outside of of, of our offices where where we control it. So I think that um, the, the key for us is, is uh, A, the process improvements that we get by doing it daily, the fact that we're consistently over-servicing for our clients because we're telling them we're delivering a weekly service, but they log into their, uh, their zero account and they see that their bank's been reconciled almost every day. Um, so our clients get delighted by, by what we're doing there. But what fundamentally what it means is that by going out to them once a week and clearing transactions that, that are outstanding on a on a Friday, come come Monday, uh, they're they're looking at, at, at data that is anywhere between ninety five and one hundred percent accurate, um, and that means that people have got data they can make decisions on. Um, you and I have spoken in the past around uh, automated um, credit control. Um, we. We provide uh, uh, accounts receivable kind of services to our to our clients. Um, we couldn't do that if we did monthly bookkeeping because what that means is that best we can do credit control once a month. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine, David Tucker, a, a business called Chaser, um, talks about um, uh, polite persistence pays. Uh, David told me that many years ago, and and he said that with credit control. Um, 80% of people that, that, that don't pay um, are not deliberately not paying. They just forget. So if you politely and persistently um, uh, remind people of, of uh, what, what they owe you and make it easy for them to pay, um, 80% will. Um, so with Chaser, we send, a, we send uh, reminders once a week. Um, we couldn't do that if we were doing monthly bank rec. Um, because we'd be chasing clients that that had paid two weeks ago. So I think it, it just doesn't work. I think any advice. Sorry, go ahead, Will. Sorry, so it it just wouldn't it just wouldn't work. So getting more regular, uh, 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 accurate data just kind of makes perfect sense to me. 
Yeah, I, I think any advisory service you offer really revolves around timely, accurate data. You know, whether it's app advisory, whether it's, you know, cash flow forecasting, whether it's, you know, credit control, whatever it might be, you need up to date data. Yes. So I think so I think that's very cool. Um now I want to talk a little bit about people. Uh you know, I think a lot there's there's more and more firms these days that have a dedicated technology expert on the team. Yep. I'm curious, like does something like App Advisory Plus replace someone like this? Does it augment someone like this? I'm curious to get your perspective on 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 that point. And a follow up would be: What sort of profile do you think is required for App Advisory services? Um, I, I, so the fact the the first answer to the first part of that question is: I think that uh, the way I I see App Advisory Plus is is a mechanism to support them do their job better. Um, uh, you, nobody can know everything, and actually, if you've got somebody that is is responsible for for technology in a firm, um, that's a really broad remit. Um, uh, it's it's making sure that that uh, you're you're onboarding clients appropriately on the right technology. Um, it's being able to provide some support for, for apps and everything else. I get all of that, but um, it's a big ecosystem. Uh, and actually, um, what I think is that, that firms will probably end up with, with a handful of apps that they feel really comfortable with implementing. And then there will be other apps that they won't have such regular contact with. And that's where we can provide that, that added support. Um, for people, I think some of the conversations we're having with with some of the bigger firms here in the UK is that they're already talking about, hey, look, we need to build our own databases here to to be able to track what apps we're using, how they're working, um, and it's easy enough to build a database. But the really tricky bit is all of these tech businesses are developing really quickly, so very very quickly the the data is out of date that you're holding in your own databases. So what we want to do is just make sure that we're keeping that stuff up to date um, uh, for people so that they're always looking at the, the most up-to-date relevant information when they're making an, an, an app decision. Um, so we just want to, to be a, a resource that's available to those head of digital, head of cloud, whatever role it is they're fulfilling. Understood. And what what's for someone that's... Or like, what sort of people? What what's a profile of someone that would you think succeed in that app advisory type role? Like, what what has to be there? Because I think having that that help desk and that support from App Advisory Plus is definitely a great tool. But there's probably some personality traits that are required as well, or a certain skill set for you know um, individuals actually advising on apps to. Um, to require or or maybe you disagree with no. me but is there a certain profile do you think that, that's required for app advisory services yeah there is and i think that's that's part of the problem is they're a pretty rare breed um i've talked to many firms that have have worked really hard to try and find somebody that that understands the accounting bit can do the great client experience bit but also understands the technology um and has got that that kind of analytical approach for for being able to to understand processes, um, so I think that's the, that's a challenge. Um, you'll find people that will do certain elements of that really really well, 
finding people that are right now, it, it will get easier because as more and more people spend time learning about the app ecosystem, it will increase the number of people in the market that get it. But right now, again, we're talking about um, in the UK, for example, 20% of firms. So that's that's about 6,000 firms are, are doing stuff with, with cloud. Um, uh, the likelihood is if you're really lucky, it's one person in every firm, but there won't be that many because a lot of those won't have somebody that's dedicated to it. Um, so it's a really, really small number of people that have got that, that broad skill set. Um, so right now, I think it's a real a real challenge, which again, I think is where where we can help plug some of those some of those gaps in terms of that skill set. You might have somebody that that's got seventy percent of that skill set, but are just missing that last that last thirty percent. Um, it will get easier as more people spend more time understanding the app ecosystem and, and understanding how APIs work and what integrates with what. And uh, but it, it just takes time for somebody to to acquire that knowledge yeah okay Uh, i have one last question for you will before we uh, move to close things out here um favorite apps when it comes to you know what are some of your favorite cloud accounting apps over and above the core you know we've talked about zero practice ignition hubdoc receipt bank quickbooks online these kind of things what are some maybe lesser known cloud accounting apps that are your favorite? Or if you have like a top three, that would be cool. Um, I, I think it's it's really looking at the, the stuff that's made the biggest the biggest difference to 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 us in in terms of our our firm. Um, I think uh, I mentioned Deputy. I mean Deputy. I just think is massively underrated. There's not enough enough talk about what what deputy does and and what a difference it makes to people that are that are managing um uh, businesses where they're scheduling staff i mean it's just it's just massive um so that's uh, that's that's one that i i regularly talk a lot about because i just think it's it's great um uh the work that i do with accounting firms um uh, almost without fail the biggest problem that most accounting firms uh have is getting pricing right um so uh, go go proposal um uh has has been um uh, a, a massive uh contributor to to us getting our pricing right as a business over the last kind of two and a half years um and still a product that i talked to lots of accounting firms about just to to start on that process of of getting clarity and consistency around pricing services um so that's that's a big one um and, and i know you said ignore ignore kind of the 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 core but we couldn't do what we did without the seat bank and go cardless which were the first two products that we started mm-hmm. using um uh almost eight eight years ago now uh they they fundamentally changed the way we run our business um so i i can't not mention them as as kind of the uh, uh, key elements in in our app stack. Perfect. So I asked for three, you gave me yeah, four. Appreciate that, go. Will. Um, 
Look, I really appreciate your time. For people that are interested in App Advisory Plus, um, how could they contact you or how could they get in touch with the company or learn a little bit more about what you sure. do? Sure. Um, so we are uh, we are just about to, to launch a three-month extended trial uh, to our Essentials package, which is uh, access to directory, help desk, and community. Uh, so you can find that at appadvisoryplus.com. Um, uh, I'd be delighted to connect with people on LinkedIn so just search for me at Will Farnell. Um, happy to chat about any of the stuff we've talked about on, on podcast. Um, uh, and, and great to, to connect with uh, uh, with firms and firm owners and everything else outside of the UK. Um, uh, but yeah, get in touch. Let us know uh, any feedback on anything I've said today. Uh, if you want to talk about what we're doing with App Advisory Plus, we're, we're hoping to get some uh, uh, fairly focused activity later this year on, on US, Canada. Australian and so on and so watch this space very cool well if, if, if anyone wants to be in touch with a, a real leader in the space highly recommend uh, reaching out to Will uh, it's been an absolute pleasure Will thank you really, uh, enjoy hearing your insights here and uh, thanks a lot for being here pleasure thanks so much